tears on my pillow that won't dry on the road beyond my ears. I've no sorrow, but today I don't walk alone. Fort Lauderdale Primary Purpose Big Book Study Groups Thursday Night Alcoholics and God Speaker Step Series. I am a recovered alcoholic. My name is Chris. Thanks for joining us tonight. In a minute, we're going to start our two-minute meditation. Please take a moment to get situated. Please turn off all devices that make noise and that might will distract others. Take this time to get connected to God. Let the craziness of the day drift away. Ask God to help you stay focused on the tradition study tonight. Is everybody ready? If so, let's start the meditation. Thank mm-hmm. you. 
Please join me in the fog light prayer. If you don't know it, repeat after me. God, let your love shine through me like a fog light so those who are lost, sick, and dying can find your love through me. There is a solution from the big book, page 17. The tremendous fact for every one of us is that we have discovered a common solution. We have a way out on which we can absolutely agree and upon which we can join in brotherly and harmonious action. This is the great news this book carries to those who suffer from alcoholism. Now, you will recognize our reader of spiritual experience if you travel in certain big book internet circles from our Monday night meeting where he will be reading the big book and has been reading the big book. Please join me in welcoming Mark to read spiritual experience. We read this because the main purpose of the 12 steps is to have a spiritual experience. So it's kind of important to know what one is. Mark. Hi, my name is Mark. I'm a recovered alcoholic. I'm going to read spiritual experience. The term spiritual experience and spiritual awakening are used many times in this book, which, upon careful reading, shows that the personality change sufficient to bring about recovery from alcoholism has manifested itself among us in many different forms. Yet, it is true that our first printing gave many readers the impression that these personality changes, or religious experiences, must be in the nature of sudden and spectacular upheavals. Happily for everyone, this conclusion is erroneous. In the first few chapters, a number of sudden revolutionary changes are described. Though it was not our intention to create such an impression, many alcoholics have nevertheless concluded that in order to recover, they must acquire an immediate and overwhelming God consciousness, followed at once by a vast change in feeling and outlook. Among our rapidly growing membership of thousands of alcoholics, such transformations, though frequent, are by no means the rule. Most of our experiences are what the psychologist William James calls the educational variety because they develop slowly over a period of time. Quite often, friends of the newcomer are aware of the difference long before he is himself. He finally realizes that he's undergone a profound alteration in his reaction to life, that such a change could hardly have been brought about by himself alone. What often takes place in a few months could seldom have been accomplished by years of self-discipline. With few exceptions, our members find that they have tapped an unsuspected inner resource which they presently identify with their own conception of a power greater than themselves. Most of us think that this awareness of a power greater than ourselves is the essence of a spiritual experience. Our more religious members call it God consciousness. Most emphatically, we wish to say that any alcoholic capable of honestly facing his problems in the light of our experience can recover, provided he does not close his mind all spiritual concepts. He can only be defeated by an attitude of intolerance or belligerent denial. We find that no one need have difficulty with the spirituality of the program. Willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness are the essentials of recovery, but these are indispensable. There is a principle which is a bar against all information, which is proof against all arguments, and which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance. That principle is contempt prior to investigation. Herbert Spencer. Thank you, Mark. I just want to point out there are only three people here, and everyone is wearing masks. We are in strict adherence uh, to uh, whatever guidelines we're supposed to be in adherence to. So uh, We, okay. Please refrain from disturbing others by talking or constantly getting up, sitting back down. This is a tech-free meeting, so set your phones to airplane meeting mode or just turn them off. Now it's my 
privilege to introduce our speaker. This meeting that we are in right now is a step study. It's, uh, it's home because I've been, it's home to a lot of people, many, many people around the world. Uh, but I've been coming here as long as I've been sober. Doc is the speaker. And this series is not a step series, but a tradition series, which is, he did a fantastic one in Miami not too long ago. I'm very excited to hear what he has to share with us tonight. And so I uh, will welcome up Doc. Please join me. Thank you, Chris. Doc Alcoholic. Grateful to be here. Thank God they wrote it down. All of it. <laughs> they wrote down everything I need to look at and study. And if I can just limit myself to uh, what I'm supposed to be reading, I'll be doing a lot better. So we're going to talk about the traditions for the next few weeks. Those stupid things that people act like they know what they are and have no idea. Um, and then we're going to have uh, a concept study. No, we're not. <laughs> Everybody just, you know, it's a 1,300 people just left the meeting. Okay, good. Traditions. What the hell do I want to know traditions for, right? Traditions are for the group. That's what they told me when I got here. Steps are for the, the individual, and a tradition is for the group. So why the heck do I care about the group? I don't care about the group, right? I care about my home group. That's it. You know, your home group, I don't care about. So, you know, why, why do I even want to know about traditions? And I'm not going to do anything political in this thing. I'm not going to do any service other than uh, the coffee bar. So uh, why the heck do I want to know it? Well, I want to act like I know something about uh, recovery. So I want to at least look at the second half of the 12 and 12. That's why it's called a 12 and 12, because the second half are the traditions. And, and like I'll at least breeze through them a little bit so that out in the parking lot, I can sound like I know what the heck I'm talking about, you know, because I've got a lot of years and I ought to know something about the traditions. And... Uh, I suggest to you, the next time you hear that person, that three-year guru who's out spouting great information and advice to everybody in the parking lot, tell them, you know, that's against tradition eight, right? And just watch them clam up, like, what the hell is, what's tradition eight? I don't know, oh, shoot, right? Nobody knows. You don't even know what tradition eight is, and it, it, it's not against tradition eight, it's against tradition nine. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Just kidding. Nobody knows what they are, right? Well, no, people do know what they are, and people do take them seriously. And those of us who do find not, we don't take them seriously because um, it's something more to study, uh, something to keep me busy so that I don't get drunk. It's because we start finding that after I've lived the 12 steps, after uh, I, I, I've done that oroboso, the circle uh, around the triangle. After I've, I've completed, gone all the way around, and come back to 12, at 12 I find out I'm at 1, right? I have the, the spiritual experience, the result of these steps, and I suddenly go, oh my God, I am powerless. Now I see how powerless I am. Now I've had, my eyes are open, my ears are open, suddenly... I can kind of start applying these 12 steps to everything. And once I do that, and it may take 
months, it may take years, I find myself back, whether I go through the steps or not, I live through them, and I find myself back at 12, deep in service, really enjoying myself, and then I realize, oh my goodness, I'm powerless. I'm completely powerless. And the only way, and that my life is still as unmanageable, that's what the book says, as unmanageable today as it was before I got here. But it's managed really well for me. And then the next time I go through it, it's not like 12 little pieces. It becomes one piece. The principles themselves start making themselves known, right? And, and after I start getting that in my life, I start seeing that, that what this book, the real reason this book was written, so I could find a power greater than myself that would enable me to not only overcome my alcoholism, but to start having relationships with other human beings and to actually care about every other man, woman, and child on the planet and care about them even more than I care about myself. And when I start having real relationships, then the traditions really mean something to me. And that, that relationship may be uh, with family or your partner or at a job or... For most of us, probably the, the most difficult relationship we have is with strangers, right? That as soon as they startle us with something, then we react, you know? I mean, I mean, I'm still pretty quick on the draw sometimes, you know? Someone will say something and I'll just go, F you, right? Oh, wait, sorry, ma'am. I didn't, I didn't, I thought you were talking to me, sorry, right? You know? And when they surprise us, we can't, so we, we want to learn how to live as a group. Now, it was Bill Wilson who said, listen, if you can't do the traditions individually, how do you expect to be able to do them as a group? And that's true. And not only for me, for me this was true, but this is true for a lot of people. Their introduction to living the traditions in their own life is Tradition 7. And, and it was, you know, turned to me in that first year of sobriety where they go, hey, are you fully self-supporting? Uh, okay, <laughs> yeah, I guess. And then I, it, it was like this light went on. Oh my God, I'll bet I could apply all of these to my life. Let me see. And now today, especially with the, with the climate we have going now, you know, this being 2020, and uh, it's, at least it's 2020 for us now you may be watching it and it's 2035 i don't know right you may be in the future and we're in the past but anyway it's 2020 for us and and it's a really uptight scene in the united states and other parts of the world and it's politically divisive and you can't say anything without being labeled something but in aa we have that 10th tradition which frees us from any of that, right? It's, it's, it's not that I'm not allowed to have a view. It's that I'm free that I don't need to because I know God's going to handle all that. So it, it brings us to tradition one, which is, which is arguably one of the greatest uh, philosophies for life with people living with other people society. If, if everyone in the world read and lived by these two and a half pages, 
you know, there'd, there'd be no more war. There'd be no more hate. There'd be no more... We, we would eradicate hunger. We'd eradicate homelessness. We'd eradicate... And, I, and I'm not talking about anything political. I'm talking about, you know, spiritual principles to live in the world. And there is one way to change the world. And, and that's, you know, one idea at a time. And, and we're here, we're changing the world. You know, I know I've changed the world around me. And I know a lot of people that I know in this program and in this home group and in this city. And, and nationally and internationally have changed the world. But not only by being sober, but by, by being responsible sponsors and responsible sponsees or, or mentors and protégés, if you, if you will, by service work, by all the things that are outlined in these traditions, we change the world. We, we live step nine, right? We can't say I'm sorry, so we demonstrate our new life. And by demonstrating that new life, it brings us up to what the 10th step says, we're now on a new level, right? We're up where we can start to see God. And it's an amazing place to live. And, and, and I know we have made the world a better place. Um, we can make the world even a better, better place by studying tradition one. Um, so I'll read it, and then I'm going to jump way ahead, <laughs> just for my buddy Ian's sake. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon AA unity. So I want to mention the last page, page 131 in the 12 and 12, about Eddie Rickenbacker. Uh, and to entice you to look it up, yes, Eddie Rickenbacker is related to the Rickenbacker guitar family. So check that out. Yeah. Didn't know that one, did you? <laughs> I can prove it mathematically. <laughs> Anyway, um, so it says, countless times in as many cities and hamlets, I like that, hamlets, villages, we reenacted the story of Eddie Rickenbacker and his courageous company when their plane crashed in the Pacific. Okay, so to give this out quickly so I don't get lost in it later. Uh, World War I, where Bill went, uh, overseas, and it was nasty. There was germ warfare. There was, uh, you know, just there was killing machines unleashed on man that man had never seen. You know, mustard gas and trenches, disease and giant rats and rain, and 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 it was horrible. It was horrible. And 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 Bill writes in his story, I, I, you know, where was God in all this? I, I see that the devil was the king of the world, and he certainly had me. You know, and and so where's where, where's my love for religion? I don't have any at that point. Well, during all that, um, a flying ace, because they were just starting some sort of uh, using aircraft, which had just recently, uh, uh, I don't want to say been, been invented, because it had actually been invented a little earlier than Kitty Hawk, but nonetheless, it had recently started being applied to warfare. And Eddie Rickenbacker was the most decorated flying ace of World War I. And I believe he got a, a, a Medal of Honor as well. And he went on, this guy was super famous for his time. After World War I, he went on to form a, a, a male uh, uh, airline 
Florida Express, I think, Florida something airline. He lived in Coconut Grove down here where we live. And uh, Coconut Grove is the oldest town in the Miami area. Did you know that? Oldest occupied town. And uh, he was also CEO of Eastern Airlines for years and years. So in World War II, now he's an older man. He's a, a consultant for the military. And Truman, President Truman, is fighting with Douglas MacArthur, who says, do what I say, or I'll, uh, listen, the, the military does what I say. And I can easily turn the military around and take over the country from you. And Truman's going, but I'm the president. And so there's a, a weird part of history that's, uh, that's, you know, a few generations behind us and we don't get to study. But it was so tense that Truman didn't trust sending uh, a, a, a personal note to MacArthur through the military. So he gave it to Eddie Rickenbacker. And Eddie Rickenbacker was on board this, this uh, uh, cargo plane and was flying to the Philippines to do some assessment and also to hand-deliver this note from the President of the United States to the, num- to the top general. And what happened was they were uh, reusing parts, right, uh, of planes. And a plane had recently been minorly damaged because its, it's uh, uh, landing gear didn't come down, so it scraped everything underneath, and, and they reused the compass the navigational compass from that plane on the plane that Rickenbacker's on. And it's Rickenbacker and eight crew people. And uh, that compass was screwy. So it set them off course by just a a, a slight degree, but the the longer you fly, the more hundreds of miles it becomes. And over the open Pacific, it became two or three hundred miles off course. And they ran out of fuel and had to ditch in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. And not only, did, were, were, nobody knew where to look for them, after two weeks, they gave up. And they said, we're not looking anymore. They were going to give up after one week. And then public outcry said, no, no, look some more. So there's nine of them, and they have three lifeboats, a big one and two small ones. And they run out of food and water in the first two days. They're out of food and water. And so... so What's going to happen here that why would, why would Tradition 1 bring up at the end the story of Eddie Rickenbacker that says we've reenacted this story? Because what happened was uh, uh, Eddie Rickenbacker was just like eerily lucky, right? He had just been in a plane crash a couple months earlier where like everybody died. And he was so torn up, like he broke his pelvis and his elbows, his head was open, it knocked his eyeball out. He was so messed up on the gurney that, first of all, they removed everybody else from the plane before, and they go, oh, wait, he's still alive. So they removed him. When he gets to the hospital, the doctors, he can hear the doctors go, deal with the people that are still living. We'll get to this guy, right? And still they put him together, And he comes back and goes to work for the military within a couple months, right? And he's on the second plane that goes down. So after they run out of food, a seagull lands on Eddie Rickenbacker's head. A seagull lands on his head while they're floating in life rafts. 
and he, it says his, his autobiography says he carefully catches it, and then they tear it into nine pieces. And they all get an equal amount of one seagull. Mm-mm. Right? And then they use some guts and parts of bones to make hooks and to try to fish. But miracles like that keep happening to Rickenbacker. Like another miracle they described is where these little little fry, right? A fry is a, a young fish, right? And they come and start they start huddling around, schooling around, around the rafts where they can reach in and, and grab them and they eat those, right? It's just miracle after miracle keeps happening. But Rickenbacker takes charge and says, the only way we're going to survive is if we equally share everything. That we equally share, they catch rainwater, right? Equally share the water and equally share the rations, and trust that God is going to provide for all of us, right? And they survive. One doesn't survive. And the reason he died is because uh, he broke protocol. He broke unity. And he decided that since they wouldn't give him more water than he was due, he'd just drink seawater. And he did, and it, and it killed him. Right? Because they're all, one, they're malnourished. Two, they're all hypo, uh, 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 they're dehydrated. And then when you drink salt water, that adds to your dehydration, your, your kidneys shut down. Right? And so he died. Now, I'd have eaten him, but that's just me. <laughs> right? But, but still, I, I want to say, how many... Okay, I, I make that joke, but let's go back. I'm 30 years sober now. 31 years ago, um, I would like to think that I would equally share what was not enough for anybody on that life raft. But I don't know that I'm capable of that, right? I don't know that my... Because 31 years ago, I was very self-centered, right? Hopefully, a lot of this program has, has cut that taproot um, not all the time, not 100% of the time, but, but for a, a vast majority of it. But 31 years ago, that was different. And I may think that morally I would say, yes, I'm going to take care of you know, everyone here and we're all going to share, but I don't know. When I start getting crazy hungry, because they were out 28 days. You know, on day three, you're like, okay, we've been one day without food. I'm part of the group. Right? Day seven, it's like, you know, what does he do? He doesn't really do much. And I'm, you know, I'm more important than the rest of you because I am. <laughs> right? Maybe because uh, I'm when, 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 you know, I'm the only one that, that can navigate. I'm the only one that can look at the stars at night and tell you where we are. Right? Or whatever, whatever dumbass excuse I can think of of why I need his rations. And you're not very big. So you don't need anything anyway. I need, look, I'm twice your size, so I need twice your rations, right? I don't know. Certainly that's how I did drugs. But I don't know, right? It wasn't fair to divide them all up equally. Come on, right? The little four foot four girl gets as much as I do. That's not fair. I have a Jimi Hendrix thing. Anyway, I need twice as much to get off. 
But the truth is, the truth is, none of us, I, I, I really don't think any of us as practicing alcoholics could say for certain that we could do that. You know, because again, after seven days, after 10 days, after 14 days, the Navy said, we're not looking anymore. We'll never find him. And it was his, his wife. They reported Eddie Rickenbacker, famous Eddie Rickenbacker is dead, which he'd been reported dead several times. He was reported dead the last crash too, but several times. And his, his wife, you know, called the president and says, listen, you know, you sent him with a note. You can give him a few more days. And they said, okay, 21 days, and then we're not doing it anymore. And she still milked. It was 23 days. She still milked. I said 28. I believe it was 23. I think I misspoke. But nonetheless, it, 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 at that point, in fact, even Rickenbacker couldn't remember. He was off by two or three days when he, told, when he, when he wrote it in his autobiography. And later, they matched the dates up, and he goes, oh, man, we're out there like three days longer than I thought. You know, how are you going to know? You're going to lose your mind. And, and if now we take that and we turn back to what it said, right? Our common welfare. Well, you know, on page 17 in the big book, it says something really important. I went to a meeting and I, I, a long time ago, so you're not going to be able to figure out who I'm talking about. I don't even know who it was. And it wasn't in this town. And that's the truth. I heard a speaker who had, I don't know, like 10 years or more, complaining that they didn't know what the solution to alcoholism was. Yeah, and I thought, well, why don't you freaking read the book maybe, right? It's in the book. It's on page 17. It says the tremendous, and, and what this person is, he says, he goes, well, I need to hear your solution. I need, I need everyone to share, because I need to hear your solution, and your solution, and your solution. And he goes, yeah. Treatment center crap to me, right? The tremendous fact of every one of us, for every one of us, the tremendous fact for every one of us is that we have discovered a common solution. Common. Our, co- our common welfare is based on our common solution, correct? Right? Our common solution. We have a way out on which we can all, doesn't say all, but I'm saying we can absolutely agree, upon which we can join in brotherly and harmonious action. And that's what our common welfare is, right? Our common welfare should come first. First before what? First before personal recovery. Personal recovery, therefore, right? Shout out to my friend, the semicolon. Personal recovery depends upon AA unity. Unity is what this is all about, man. What is unity? Okay, let's, let's look at it this way. Um, if I were to ask you, which is more important? Truly, in your heart, and this is hypothetical, so you're at home, you can answer, but if you're in the room, don't. <laughs> which is more important, your recovery or someone else's recovery? And I think if I surprised a number of people, they'd go, well, my recovery is most important. But this tradition is saying, no, that's not true. You go, well, wait a minute. Yeah, no, I don't think it says that. Well, I'm, I will prove, I'll prove it to you scientifically, <laughs> mathematically. Sit <clears> down, <throat> <So>, Morty. <clears throat> I'm going to prove it. Here it is. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, that's Perrier. Um, all right, you, we would never have to select my sobriety over someone else's sobriety. All right, why? Because one, by the time I get to tradition one, they don't put the traditions before the steps, even in the book, right? They don't say, hey, let's have the tradition. I want you to learn the traditions, how you can be a member of our group before you really learn how to get happy, joyous, and free. Right? They go, no, you're going to learn how to be sober first. You're going to learn to turn it over to God, cut yourself loose, let go of it, and be sober. And then when you have that, then you have a responsibility. And your responsibility shows up on page 77, right? Our real purpose. You know, the three biggest questions of human beings. Where did I come from? Why am I here? Where am I going? AA cannot answer the alpha or the omega, right? We don't know. We are not a religion. We don't suggest we know where we come from, and we don't suggest we know where we're going as far as before this life or after this life. We don't know, and the book is very careful to say if there is an afterlife, right? But we do know why we're here. And if we're alcoholics and we're here, it's because God saved us he chose us, he called us, and he chose us to separate others from misery and sometimes death. And it says clearly on page 77, our real purpose is to be best fitted to be of maximum service to God and to those about us, right? So if my number one purpose, my real purpose is not necessarily to serve God and others, because God may go, I want you on the sidelines for a while. Hold on, you're not ready yet. Right? It, so it's not the serving, it's to be fitted. It's to be ready, it's to grow, it's to stay in shape, it's to be the fireman waiting for the bell. Right? I'm always ready, put me in coach, I'm ready to go. Right? To be best fitted, that's my true purpose to serve God, and to serve others. Therefore, if I jump to the middle of this, it says, one moment please. Here it is. I knew it's on page 130 in the 12 and 12. It becomes plain that the group, society, others, right? AA, it's talking about AAs that we group together. The other AAs must survive, or the individual will not. Therefore, it is more important for me to take the bullet for the group than for the group to take the bullet for me, right? I take the responsibility, I take the blame, I go out of my way, I suffer. See, that's why you're not ready for tradition one until you've done Step 12, because step 12 teaches us that individually we have to deny ourselves. Individually there is self-sacrifice. And that self-sacrifice isn't so that I can gain more. That's not self-sacrifice, right? Self-sacrifice means I've sacrificed myself for what? For God and others. And therefore it is more important that I separate, that that, 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 that guy sleeping on the park bench that we passed driving here, right? 
that the, the, the person sitting in the bar right now, that they didn't close. I know there are bars open. I don't know where they are because I didn't go looking for them. But yeah, around the back. You bet there are around the back bars still. And, and, and even, even if they're not, I'll bet Joe and Mike and Bob and Jane and, you know, all the Betty, <laughs> right? <laughs> Wilma. Fred, Barney, they're all over at somebody's house without masks drinking because you can't drink with a mask on, right? And they're, they're going, we don't care about this. We care about staying drunk because that, that's all they can care about. So we've been freed from that. So now we can look at this as a whole new thing. We have a new life. The old life has passed away. We have a new life. So what is unity? What does unity mean in this? Certainly means society. What does society mean? A society means myself among others. Right? Myself among others. You among others. You among others. Us together is a society. Right? With a common goal. With a common belief. With commonality. Uh, the word unity also means to bring something together that is aesthetically pleasing, right? So we should look good when we all come together. When I read AA group, I want to read my AA society. I want to read it as a bigger society, as a tribal society. I want to read it as a world society. I want to be able to apply me, my understanding of tradition one to everyone in the world, right? I don't want, if God chose me, it's not for me to say, it doesn't say my real purpose is to be best fitted to serve, best serve God and other alcoholics. It says those about me. So a majority of those are alcoholics, but a number of them are not. And I still have to help them, but but my main purpose is God is going to also direct me through to, to lots of alcoholics because I have the key to their survival, right? That key's on page 124, my dark past. The unity of Alcoholics Anonymous is the most cherished quality our society has. Our lives and the lives of all to come depend squarely on it. That's big, big responsibility, right? For, for, for 12 things that nobody really needs to study, the second sentence in Tradition 1 says, we'll all die if you don't learn this. Because pretty soon, you, no matter if you stay here long enough, you too will be an old timer. Our lives and the lives of all to come depend. What do our new lives depend on? It squarely depends on the quality of unity. We stay whole, which is another word for unity, right? Okay, so if I say what's more important, my sobriety or someone else's sobriety, and I've proposed that someone else's sobriety, not just someone, but all others, is more important than mine, that I will trust that you have my back because I'm watching his back, right? That I can trust that my group, that's why you belong to a home group, not 
so that you can meet more single AAs. It's because used to be we had a, a phone list because if you didn't show up, if it was a daily meeting and you didn't show up in three days, we'd call you. If it was a weekly meeting and we didn't see you one of the weeks, we'd go, did you go out of town? Where are you? What's going on? Right? We kept everybody responsible for each other. You know, and some meetings still do that. Some don't or even, and listen, I was that guy a lot. And I called people that didn't show up after three or four weeks and they go, what are you, what are you calling me for? (laughs) Just call and check up on you. I'm fine. All right, good, good. Well, I hadn't seen you at a meeting. I go to other meetings now. Okay, great. Good for you. God bless you, you fucking thing. No, but that it is, you know, and that's the worst thing. That's that's the most passive aggressive thing you can say to an AA, right? As you see him at a meeting, you go, "Hey, how you doing, Joe? Haven't seen you very many meetings. Where you been?" <laughs> and watch him go. I go to meetings. <laughs> I've been to other meetings. So let's look at this. Let's say it this way. Since, uh oh, <laughs> those that are guilty are responding. <laughs> Um, so yeah I am part of others from your viewpoint and you're part of others from my viewpoint right so we're all working together so unity then becomes more like a body right what's more important a finger or a toe well you don't think of it like that right I don't say which, which, which do you want to save your lungs you know or your heart you, you can't live without either of them, right? You know, okay, which is more important, to eat or to breathe? Well, you know, sooner or later you're going to die if you drop either of them. So it's, it's, it's a hypothetical prioritizing of my recovery, my, my sobriety is, is less important than others. It's, 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 it's in the same body. That's what unity is. So So if I say that the sobriety of others is more important. I'm going to take it even bigger than that, but first I'll stick with sobriety. Sobriety of others is more important than mine. I'm not saying that mine isn't important because from someone else's viewpoint, I'm the other now. And mine should be more important than that person's and that person's and that person's. And so now I have the whole group watching out after me which is much better than me watching out. So in exchange for me watching out over the group, I get the whole group watching out after me, right? And if I took this into the world arena and made it about uh, your happiness, let's, let's look on page... In the big book on page 82, shall we? Yes, let's, okay, do after you. No, 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 no. After you. Okay, very well. Here we go. It says, uh, perhaps there are some, we're talking about being angry and, you know, it says at the top of the page 82, it's better, however, that one does not need to name a person upon whom she can vent jealousy. Perhaps there are some cases where the utmost frankness is de- de- demanded, where in, and uh, no outsider can appraise such an intimate situation. But then it comes into this, right? You know, both. It may be that both will decide, 
right? That two people will come together in agreement. I've heard that before. In agreement. That both will decide that the way of good sense and loving kindness is whatever, to let bygones be bygones, all right? So, so at this point, we're, we're, we're just talking about um, um, doing step eight and nine, right? But, but it's the principle underneath that that I'm pointing out. Is it the way of good sense and loving kindness that both can decide to take the way of good sense and loving kindness? What if I, as an individual... And everyone in my group that I am unioned with, united with, all think that we should take the way of good sense and loving kindness. And then it says, each might pray about it, having the other one's happiness uppermost in mind. Right? What, a, what an astounding idea. What if I were to pray about your happiness before I prayed about my happiness? What if I ask God every morning, it says, we ask him, what can I do for the man who still suffers, right? But what if that were my true intent of being? What if that was why I was really here? It would change the world, right? We stay whole or AA dies. Without unity, the heart of AA would cease to beat. Our world arteries would no longer carry the life-giving grace of God. Right? That gift that talks about on page 99 in the 12 and 12, in the, in the St. Francis prayer, the channel. His gift to us, God's gift to us, would be spent aimlessly. How is that? Because it would be, I would go right back into thinking of myself. Right? I have to be third. I have to live third. Once I've made that way, when I get to step 12, I come in, I'm first, others are second, God's third. I get to the fifth step, it's suddenly God, me, and others. I get, by the time I'm at 12, it is God, others, and me. And the 12th step is in three parts. The first part's God, second part is others, and me practicing these principles. Well, that brings us to what are these principles? What it says here is it says we're given absolute liberty in this group to do just about anything we want, right? As long as the common welfare of the group comes first, right? So, so I'm obviously not going to do stupid things that will hurt the group. How does that work? Well, here's how it works is that God has set up a group through AA that has instant and immediate consequences. There doesn't have to be anybody in charge because no one has to, this isn't a punishment and reward system, right? We don't say, if you, you know, we give out chips. That's about as close to a reward as we give, right? And uh, uh, medallions. But God deals out some consequences. Because it says, if, if, if we go nutty, right? If we go sideways, it says, uh, the AA member has to conform to the principles 
of recovery, right? He's living now this new life. I'm living it. You're living this new life. And we now have different principles. We now have different values. We now have different morals. Things that used to be important to us are no longer important to us. Things that are important to normies don't have value for us, right? But things that value for us, they'll never understand. But that's how we are. We have new spiritual principles. The principles of recovery. It says his, mine, yours, our life actually depends. It used that before, right? It said that our lives depend squarely upon unity. So it would be explaining the same thing. What is that unity? The unity in this sentence on page 130 actually depends upon obedience to spiritual principles. That's what unity is. Right? If it says that our life depends upon unity, and then later it says our life depends upon obedience to spiritual principles, they have to be the same thing. You can't say your life depends on this or this. It didn't say that. It says simply, clearly this. And that's how it's written all over the big book, right? Step one is that way, saying the same idea in two different sentences. Obedience to spiritual principles. If he deviates too far, the penalty is sure and swift. He sickens and he dies. Instant consequences. Or at least (laughs) you pray to God it's instant. (laughs) For most of us, I have the sad feeling that I would not die quickly. God would drag it out slowly over the pavement at about 20 miles an hour for the rest of my life. Here's another beautiful thing. At first, he goes along because he must. At first, we do the the steps because we have to. Then we look at traditions. Maybe my, my sponsor told me I have to. Maybe I wandered into this meeting and I didn't want to be here. I thought I was going to a meditation meeting. Hey, where are my candles? We'll get them next week. But at first... I'm still on page 130. Goes along because he must, but later he discovers a way of life he really wants to live. It's exactly right. And if we go on to page 77, no, is it page 77? No, it's not. It's page 130, what is it? Oh, 123? 120. I'm guessing, I'm guessing here, I'm guessing, read my mind, somebody read my mind, tell me. What is it? 129, thank you. Who said that? No one, okay. I'm not talking to myself. It says this, right? Moreover, he finds he cannot keep this priceless gift. What is the priceless gift? Grace. What's in grace? Grace is there's, there's belief, there's joy, divine joy. There's divine peace. There's that recognition, that glimpse of God's kingdom. There's, there's this uh, feeling of well-being, peace of mind, sanity. Faith is in there. All those things can be in grace, and you don't earn it. There's nothing you can do to make it happen except to clear away things that are blocking the grace. And so that's God's gift, a priceless gift. The alcoholic, you and me, we find we 
he cannot keep this priceless gift unless he gives it away. Which it says on page 129, the family afterward. Father feels he has struck something better than gold. Right? And I, and I use the, the, the alchemical, and I, uh, by the way I said alchemical, and, and fi- this woman said to me a couple weeks ago, she goes, I keep hearing you say alchemical, and I didn't understand you meant alchemy. She said, I thought you meant that you did both alcohol and chemicals, <laughs> and so that was alchemical. I go, yeah, that, that's me. I'm an alchemist. <laughs> I'm an alchemist. I did both alcohol and chemicals. <laughs> Uh-oh, thank you, God. Call from God. Personal note from, Major, from President Truman. For a time, he may try to hug the new treasure himself. Priceless gift, right? He may not see at once that he has barely scratched a limitless load which will pay dividends only if he mines it for the rest of his life and insists on giving away the entire product. That's amazing stuff, right? He has barely scratched a limitless load of something better than gold, which will pay dividends only if he mines it for the rest of his life, and only if he insists on giving away the entire product. Right? It's absolutely there. there if Again, I would say, if you don't know how to meditate, try reading Tradition 1. It's two and a half pages, and then taking five minutes of quiet time. You know, it says that you cannot, you cannot survive, you cannot live in this new life if you are struggling for wealth. Now I'm saying struggling. Doesn't, having wealth is not a struggle, right? But, but if God bestows wealth on you, that's different than struggling to attain it. All right? Struggling for wealth, power, prestige. It says it's tearing humanity apart. If strong people are stalemated in the search for peace, peace and harmony, what are we going to do? A bunch of drunks, erratic alcoholics. But it says here, it says, what are those principles? Well, I remember my, my, my sponsor, uh, Bill Hanna. I said, I said early on, about, I don't know, about five years sober, I said, Bill's grand sponsor was Bill Wilson. So Bill was big in the 12 and 12. And I said, what are those 12 principles? He says, you know what? They're not in the big book or the 12 and 12. He goes, you can discover them yourself. I go, I thought they were the the wisdom and honesty and gratitude. He goes, they may be. But for you, they may be something else. I go, well, where do you get that, Bill? On page 131. It says, as we had once struggled and prayed for individual recovery, once, when we got here, when we started, just so earnestly now did we commence to quest for the principles through which AA itself might survive. So now, you see what it's saying? It's saying the way I find the spiritual principles to live on, to obey, is to look and see what are the healthy principles in these 12 steps that I can apply to being of service to others? Right? What are those? Is, does honesty, for me, yeah, honesty is a great spiritual principle that allows me to serve all of you better. 
If I'm lying to you, well, how much honesty? 100% honesty? No, I got the book that says we are honest with ourselves always and with others when it would benefit them, a good deed, when it would put a good deed on them. You don't tell, you don't tell people everything at the cost of hurting them, right? Okay, we're going to bring this all, all to a close because... I want to. I, I, I still want to say that that if we were to to read this often, read this for thirty days and meditate on it, that we would go out and start looking for things we could do for others. And the last thing I'll, I'll tell you, you know, and, and page seventy-seven, by the way, is 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 sort of indirectly mentioned in the last sentence on page 131, the 12 and 12, says, they, right, the, the AA, they live today in the 12, the lessons, the lessons that we found that were, that were hammered out on the anvil of experience, right? The lessons that we learn, they live today in the 12 traditions of Alcoholics Anonymous, which, God willing, the 12 traditions shall sustain us in unity. And this is great, for so long as he, capital he, God, may need us. You know, the last thing it mentioned about Eddie Rickenbacker is how they, what held them together, is, is, is how that unity, what the enemy of the unity was. And it says, each needed to consider the others. And in abiding faith, they knew they must find their real strength. And this they did find. In measure to transcend all defects of their frail craft, every test of uncertainty, pain, fear, and despair. And if they can do it, we can do it. I'll see you next week, Doc Alcoholic. Thank you, Doc. I would like to introduce the secretary. That secretary is named Alex. Alex, come on up here. Hi, my name is Alex, and I am your recovered alcoholic secretary. Um, in keeping with the seventh tradition, which states that every group shall be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions, we don't have the baskets going around. But if you would like to contribute, um, go to your local intergroup office and uh, donate there. They could really use the help. Um, and I've asked Katie to read the recovered statement. We read this notice to explain why many people in this group identify as recovered rather than recovering and what it exactly means to be recovered alcoholic. Uh, Kathleen alcoholic. We are not cured of alcoholism, recovered, but not cured. That presents a conflict to some alcoholics. If we were cured, we would be able to drink responsibly. No, we are not cured. The allergic reaction to alcohol will remain with us for a lifetime. But we have been restored to sanity. That was the problem. The main problem of alcohol, the alcoholic centers in his mind rather than his body. Page 23. We are now sane where alcohol is concerned, and consequently, consequently we have recovered. Uh, 1940s style big book sponsorship from forward to second edition Alcoholics Anonymous of alcoholics who came to AA and really tried.
50% got sober at once and remained that way. 25% sobered up after some relapses. And among the remainder, those who stayed with AA showed improvement. What we've seen, felt, and come to believe and experience is that God has not changed over time and neither should the sacred approach back to his loving arms. Um, the statistics above show a 75% success rate. We have those. Um, and as far as um, a show of hands for recovered alcoholics um, that are willing to sponsor, please put a waving hand emoji, I guess. And um, if you're looking for a sponsor, put some prayer hands up or maybe a thumbs up. Um, <laughs> please join us Monday night's uh, Big Book Study meeting where the book, Big Book comes alive. Fellowship is at 6.30. Is it still 6.30? Uh, 6.45 and we'll be Okay, so fellowship is at 6.45. The Big Book Study starts at uh, 7.15. 6.45 is to get to know everybody and you know hang out and talk and connect while we're completely distant in the Zoom room. Um, we have CDs, mugs, large print big books, and little red books, and big book dictionaries for sale... At Intergroup, okay. <laughs> we meet every Thursday starting promptly at 7.15, and we ask that you be courteous and ready to begin at the sound of the bells. Thank you, and we'll see you next week. Thank you. We don't want any cross-contamination. We'll have to switch to another multiverse. Okay. Uh, Yeah. We have tonight's session and all the past speaker podcasts online for free, for fun and for free, alcoholicsandgod.org. I'd like to invite everybody to our Monday night big book study. If you enjoyed Doc tonight, uh, he's going to be back doing, they're in uh, page 37, Doc and Mike Chase, that is a first name. Uh, they're, they're in more about alcoholism. They're studying the big book Monday night, same place, different day. Come check it out. And on zoom too. It'll be zoomed. Okay. I'm not sorry. I didn't mean to point. Um, uh, if anyone would like to thank tonight's speaker, please post a comment in zoom and then screenshot it and text it to him. Uh, and yeah, let's close with the Lord's prayer. Who will bring us from shame to grace? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Heart is heavy, soul is thirsty, body's aching. I am desperately in need of restoration. Yeah.
smiling The whole world Smiles with you Yes, when you laughing When you're laughing Yes, the sun Comes shining through But when you're crying You bring on the rain Stop your sighing, baby And be happy again Yes, and keep on smiling Keep on smiling, baby And I hope Let it shine, 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 let it shine. 
Michael Chase, here's that song you've been asking me for for a million years. I finally pulled it out the pulled it out the corners of my mind, and um, here you go.
song is. God bless. I love you, Mike Chase. Bye. I think you know this one, don't you?
me and I got one man that steals my dignity. Got one man that just won't set me free. Well, clap your hands, you believe me, children. I want my soul to Shot.